Welcome to the Southridge Church Podcast. This week's awesome message will start in a few seconds. But first, we want you to stay connected with us. You can find us on sanjose.cc or subscribe to the podcast. Good morning. God bless everyone today. So excited to be here with each and every one of you guys. And as Pastor Mercaya said, I have the privilege of sharing the word of God with you today. And let me tell you, I am excited for what the Lord has in store for us. I am excited for what he's going to share with us. And before we get started, I want to say thank you to Pastor Jane and Pastor Micaiah for this opportunity to share the word and for the wonderful leadership. Can we give them a round of applause, amen, to our wonderful pastors, amen. I also want to say thank you to the volunteers and the staff, uh, just a tremendous work that they do each and every week. I said it this morning and I'll say it again. The service starts before the service. Amen. And because of the volunteers and everybody who does every little piece uh, throughout the week, we're able to have service. Uh, And I cannot, I cannot finish without saying thank you to my beautiful family, my beautiful wife here in the front, who always creates a space for me to prepare for this message. So let's go ahead and dive right into God's word. Um, Let me tell you that this week's word just wrecked me. Right. Uh, And I mean that in a positive way. Uh, because I took so much from it. And part of the reckoning was that my wife showed me a picture of, a, uh, of some furniture we used to have, a dining room set. And as she's looking at the dining room set that, uh, that we, we no longer have, she was mesmerizing over that, and I was missing my truck that was carrying the, the furniture, right? It was a 97 uh, emerald green. That's an emerald green. That's a real bright color, right? Uh, Dodge Dakota. Uh, my in-laws are here, and they gifted me that truck. Uh, and I'm not a pickup guy, if I'm being, if I'm being real honest. But this, grew, this truck grew on me really fast, right? Uh, it grew on me because it had all kind of racing stripes, which is code word for tons of scratches, right? And this particular truck, uh, one of the things, or one of the cool parts about it is that it, had, it always had gas. Every time you got in it, it always had gas, right? And that was because the gas gauge was broken, right? <laughs> So I was frequently stuck on the side of the road somewhere, um, but this Dodge, Dakota, this Dodge Dakota was really reliable, right? And it would take me as far as it had gas in it, and even then some, right? It would just take me, I would pack, I would put gas in it, and it would take me as far as there was gas in it, right? And the same way, God will take us as far as we are obedient with him, right? God will take us as far as he can as long as we are obedient to his word. Right? And here's the thing about obedience. Obedience will take and will extract everything that's inside of you because God created you with that purpose. And in order for him to pull it out, it's going to require complete obedience. I like the way Saul, I mean Samuel said it to Saul. He said, to obey is better than sacrifice. And a lot of times we think that we put sacrifice before obedience because, hey, if I did that, God would let me get away with this. But the reality is to obey is better than sacrifice. Because when you obey, it will take everything that's in you. Which is right, uh, the message of, the title of today's message is fully empty. So I would invite you to open up your Bibles to 1 Kings chapter 13, verse 20. 1 Kings chapter 13, verse 20. 
And before we, we fall into this particular verse, I like giving you context, right? Because it gives value and it, and it brings weight to what we're going to jump into. And here in, in 1 Kings chapter 13, at the beginning of the chapter, we have uh, the, the Israelites have now separated, right? There's a north and there's a south. Uh, and the reason for that is the people in the north were worshiping gods, were worshiping other gods and idols. And the people in the south still stayed uh, worshiping the true God, right? So we could say it was NorCal and SoCal from LA to the Bay, right? However, you're going to remember there was two and God sends a young prophet from the South up to the North to share this word. And he tells the King when he shows up, he shows up to the North and he, and he starts sharing this word with the King in front of everyone. And he tells them, Hey, your kingdom is going to end. He even tells them the name of the person who's going to take over his kingdom, right? Which is really interesting that God would be that detailed with it. And, as, and the king gets infuriated, right? Because now he's embarrassed and he raises his hand, right? He's about to condemn them to death. And as he does, the Bible says that the king's hand shriveled up and they got stuck. And everybody freaked out. And the king is trying to figure out what he's going to do. So he tells the man of God, pray to your God that he would heal me. So the man of God, the young prophet, prays, and his hand is healed. And, and he is so excited, the king, right, not only that there's a confirmation that this is truly a man of God, but also at the fact that, uh, that now his hand is back. So he tells the young boy, he says, or the young prophet, hey, come to my house to eat, right? Now, let me give you some, some, some context. That would be the equivalent of the president of the United States inviting you over to the White House for a presidential dinner. Meaning you're going to have the best food. If there was something you want, if they don't have it, they will ship it in for you, right? It was, that's just what they did, right? But the young boy looks at him and says, no. All right. So not only does he tell the king that his kingdom is going to end, then he rejects his personal invitation to his house. That was rude. Right. But then the, here's the reason why the young prophet received instructions from God. And he, this is what God told them to do. He told them, don't eat the bread. Say bread. bread. Don't drink the water. Say water. And find another way home. Say home. Perfect. That's the, that was it. He couldn't eat the bread. He couldn't drink the water. And he had to find another way home. So the prophet leaves. The young prophet leaves the area. He's gone. I already did my piece. I did what God told me to do. I'm out. Bye, king. But along the way, he stops. And when he stops, he's met by an older prophet, the Bible says. And the older prophet tells him, hey, I know you just came from there, but I want you to come back with me and, and I want you to eat at my house. And the young prophet being really bold, right, as he was, he tells him, no, because the Lord told me not to eat the, not to drink the, and find another way. You guys understand the instructions, right? Pretty clear, simple. That's what he told them to do. But the older prophet then lies to this young prophet. And he tells him, well, an angel told me. What? Well, I am kind of hungry. Lord knows. <laughs> right? And this is where we're going to jump in. Because the young prophet accepted the invitation, even though he had clear instructions. And this is where we're going to start in verse 20. Uh, 1 Kings chapter 13, verse 20. Now it happened as they sat at the table that the word of the Lord came to the prophet who brought him back. This is the older prophet. Verse 21. And he cried out to the men of God who came from Judah. Thus says the Lord, because you have disobeyed. 
If you have your Bibles, highlight that word, circle it, put an asterisk next to it. Because you have disobeyed the word of the Lord and have not kept the commandment which the Lord your God commanded you. But you came back and ate the bread and drank the in the place of which the Lord told, which the Lord said to you, eat no bread and drink no your corpse shall not come to the tomb of your fathers. His disobedience cost him his life. Let's pray. Jesus Christ, I thank you for your word. I thank you and I ask that you would open up our minds and our hearts to receive what you have for us. All these things in the name of Jesus we all said. Amen. Amen. Oftentimes, we we are not obedient. Not because we can't, but because we're not in the place where we're supposed to be. And if you're looking at me weird, I understand because when I wrote it, I was like, that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. If I'm not where I'm supposed to be, then I'm really being disobedient out the gate. So, yes, you're right, right? If I'm not where I'm supposed to be, I'm being disobedient. But the reason we find ourselves in those places is because we take our time in being obedient. And my friend, if you're taking notes, go ahead and write this down. Delayed obedience is still disobedience. Delayed obedience is still disobedience. When God gives us direction, he gives us instructions. Act immediately in obedience to God. Don't delay it. Don't take your time. Right. Let's look at uh, let's go back to the verse, uh, the Bible, verse 14. And remember, I told you he receives a word. The, the young prophet receives a word. He delivers. And now he's on his way back. But look at where he's at when we find him in verse 14. And this is the old prophet, verse 14. And it says, and when after the man of God, that's the old prophet, and found him sitting under an oak tree. Then he said to him, are you the man of God from Judah? I thought the instructions were not to eat the, not to drink the, and find another way. When did it say stop? He doesn't. He doesn't tell him to stop. But yet here we see in verse 14 that he stopped along the way. See, a lot of times disobedience doesn't look like disobedience because it's like, I'm just catching my breath, Jesus. God, God, it is, I didn't directly obey what you said, but I'm just, I'm taking my time. Let's be real. And that happens, right? That's why some of us or some of y'all are still struggling with the same problems you had because you put them to rest on Friday. You forgot them on Friday. Then you sit after you served in church on Sunday, you sat there and waited for them to catch up to you again. See, if the young prophet had just kept on going, it would, the old prophet wouldn't have caught him. See, there's things in our lives that we want to get away from, but the reality is, after we finish serving, after we finish our assignments, we sit there and wait for them to show back up. And this is one of my favorite lines. I don't know what happened, Pastor. I just, I just happened to fall into it. It caught up with me. Of course it caught up with you. You were waiting for it under the oak tree like the, like the prophet. I wrote it this way. The end of your assignment is not the end of your journey. The end of your assignment is not the end of your journey. See, a lot of times we think that because we checked off church on Sunday that we're okay for the rest of the week. Wow. See, I went, to, uh, I went to a church that as you exit it, 
they had a big sign that said, you're now entering the mission field. And that always stuck with me. Every time I saw it, you're now entering the mission field. I was like, wait, hold on. I thought, I thought we just got church. What do you mean I'm going back out? See, the mission really starts the moment you and I walk out the door. It's not only about serving on Sundays. It's not only about showing up on Sundays. It's who are you going to talk to God about this week? Who are you going to encounter? Who are you going to share your testimony with that's going to bring him closer to God? One of the things that uh, I learned, which I've been learning a lot this year, so much. And uh, I'm going to be 100% honest, which I, I should be, duh. Right? But what I'm saying is, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you guys an inside window to, to my pains, right? Because if you're preaching your pain, you never run out of stuff to talk about. <laughs> my, uh, my little ones made me promise them, my two boys, that I would go to the gym with them this year. And if you want to learn something about yourself, go to the gym with them, okay? <laughs> if you want to learn something about yourself, the gym will teach you really, really fast, right? And I learned very, a, a lot of things really quick. The first one was how out of shape I was. Number two is, this is a kid's class, and I can't keep up with these kids. Number three, I really, really need to work out again, <laughs> right? And the reason I say that is, I'm in this kid's class, and as they're running, right, I'm there with my boys. I can't, if I quit, they're going to quit, right? So I would wait for them to get way ahead, and when they would get way ahead, I would just start kind of walking. Whew. <laughs> and then one would come around the corner. You stop, Dad? What you doing, Dad? Oh, man. <laughs> Right? And I would be so embarrassed, even more so because there's a big group of people who come to the church who are also at the gym. Right? And they'd be like, come on, Pastor, you could do it. Here's some tacos. Run, Pastor, come on. <laughs> right? And uh, yeah, I'm telling you, it's my pain. And y'all can laugh at it all you want. It's all good. I'll see you guys at the gym next week. We'll see who's laughing then. <laughs> but the reason I share that with you, I learned something else is every time I stopped, it took so much effort for me to start again. I was running, and I would stop, and to get running again, I was like, I had to lean forward to kind of get a little running start. I would be in the middle of the set, and I'd be like, oh, my, my arms can't go anymore. And I was just like, no, 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 you have to stick it out. And here's what happened. When I started sticking it out, I was closer to finishing my set. The more I kept on running, even though I didn't really feel like it, the closer I got to the finish line. Some of you guys need to do the same thing in your spiritual lives. Be obedient to God. And when you're out of breath, when you are tired, just keep on going. Because the purpose that God has for your life can't wait for you to stop and sit in an oak tree. Where God wants you to, what God wants to take you requires for you to keep on going and going and going. That's why obedience is so hard. Because being obedient doesn't mean you, you choose today and not tomorrow. No, it's a consistency thing that you have to keep on going. See, we all know somebody who stopped along the side of the road, spiritually speaking. And because it took so much effort, they didn't even bother showing back up. We all know somebody who said, I'm going to catch my breath. I'll see you next Sunday. And next Sunday came and went and they never came back. It's hard when you think about stopping because you think, hey, God is a God of rest. You are correct. But he will also give you the strength to see you through your journey. When you take your time in being obedient, I didn't say this in the first service, so you guys get the best part. 
You are somebody's answer. I took off my glasses. How serious I am. Somebody's praying for you to show up in their lives and talk to them about God. But the longer you sit and wait under your oak tree, the more you delay their answer to their prayer. Think about that. How many people are waiting for you to show up in their lives? But you're over here just living your best life, hanging out under the palm tree, sipping on some coconut juice. Let me ask you, let me ask you this way. What's delaying you from obeying God right now? What things in your life do you have to change so that you could obey God right now? And I'm forewarning you, this message is going is to require a lot of self-evaluating. It's going to take something and you're, you're going to go home and just meditate on it. And you're going to have to evaluate the things that are keeping you from obeying God right away. Let me put it this way. Me and my beautiful wife, she confirmed it this morning, so I'm going to get it right. We've been married 13 years, right? I got it wrong this morning, so I almost didn't make it to the second service. So we've been married 13 years. And one of the things that we did after we got married, we went before the altar, we said our vows. She said yes, I said yes, I do, and I do, right? So we made a commitment to each other, right? We, we both agreed that we would, be, we would honor each other, we would love each other through sickness and in health, right? That's, that's what you say. Right? But as an example, and let me reiterate, this is an example. Okay? Let's say that although we've been married, my wife acted like she was single. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, what's going on? Uh, all the men in the church be like, Miss come on, we're gonna buy you breakfast, there's plenty of fish in the sea, you'll be all right. <laughs> right? If it was the other way around, women warriors and grace gang would just join up. Come on, sister, we got you. He's no good anyway. <laughs> I didn't like his curly hair. It was ugly. <laughs> right? Because if we, did, if we said yes to some vows, we made a commitment to each other, and, we, and we're not honoring that, then one of us is going to get hurt. One of us is going to feel the pain of, of, hey, how did I commit to you, but you're not committing to me? And some of, for some of you, that's really real because you actually experienced that. Now, how do you think God feels when you said yes to him and, you're not, and your life doesn't honor that commitment that you made to him? Wow. See, and I wrote it this way. My yes to God mean no, means no to the world. Oh, and you can write it down in your notes. My yes to, and you can fill in the blank there, means no to. To what? See, the young prophet, uh, the young prophet in verses 8 and 9, when we started the, when we started the, the chapter, we didn't read him, but he, the, he goes before the king, and the king invites him over to his house to eat, right? He says no to the king, which means he's saying yes to God. He's honoring the instructions that he received. Then in verses 16 and 17, he does the, the old prophet invites him back to the house, invites him back to where he left from. He invites him to eat and he tells him, uh, uh, no, you know, I can't go because I can't eat the, I can't drink the, and I need to find another way. Crystal clear. He said no to the prophet because he want to say yes to God. Anytime you do that, you bring glory and honor to God. But verse 19, things change. 
In verse 19, he's deceived. So he says yes to the old prophet. Which means he's saying no to the crystal clear instructions that God gave him. See, in the, the Bible says in the old days, you have to be careful what you listen to. Because they'll be dressed in sheep's clothing, but they're really wolves. I like the, in Puerto Rico, they say, no todo lo que brilla es oro. Not everything that shines is gold. Not everything everybody tells you applies to you. That's their life. God deals with them specifically. But for you, what are the crystal clear things that God has instructed to you? And I love the Bible because, see, when the authors wrote the Bible, when they wanted to emphasize something and draw your attention to something in the, in the passage or in the story, they would repeat it over and over and over again, right? And in 1 Kings chapter 13, when you start reading, the first, couple chapter, the first couple of verses talks about the king, but then automatically it says not to drink the water, not to eat the and find another way home. Then it repeats it again in verse uh, 16 and 17. He says, don't eat the don't drink the and find another way home. And then at later on in the chapter when he's receiving the word, what we, what we read in verses 20 and 22, he tells him again, you ate the bread, you drank the water, you're, 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 I told you to leave this place and you're back. They repeat it over and over and over again. Now this young prophet either looked really hungry or the, or the author is trying to tell us that there was clear instructions that he did not follow. I'm going to go with the second. And why does that matter? Why is that important? Because the devil will not leave you alone until you disobey God or you're dead. There's things that God has given you clear instructions time and time and time again. And you're like, oh, well, I don't know. I don't know if it's you. He tells you again. He tells you again. He tells you again. There's a reason for it. There's an emphasis on it. There's a reason why he's repeating himself over and over again. The young prophet was tempted three times, but he only overcame twice. Two times, but he only overcame twice. Sorry, three times, but he only overcame twice. Jesus was also tempted in the wilderness. He was tempted three times, and, and he told the devil, man shall not, shall not uh, live by bread alone, but by the word. Yes. But by the word. See, Jesus was tempted. We read about the temptation of Jesus in the desert. But as you study after, look past the miracles of Jesus' life and dive into the richness of the details that happens in his ministry. There's so many other times where he's tempted or he's pushed to fall out and commit a sin. But he still stands strong because he was obedient to the Father first. He was saying yes to the Father and no to the world. So as he's there, he's doing it and doing it. He's overcoming sin so the devil had no other choice but to kill him. He couldn't get him to disobey. Well, let me try killing him to see if that works. Ha ha! Newsflash, that didn't work out so well. Because <laughs> he died and rose again three days later. Let me ask you this. What are you saying yes to in your life that says no to God's instructions? What are you saying yes to in your life that's saying no to God's instructions? The young prophet said no, and he continued on. But the moment he said yes, his journey ended. Think about that. 
Because obedience is more than following the instructions that are set before you. Obedience reveals the condition of your heart. And the Bible shows, that, shows, that, shows us that time and time again. From the beginning, Eve's heart wanted to be like God. So she ate the fruit and then she passed it on. Saul's heart was fearful. He was insecure. He couldn't wait for the prophets to show up to do the sacrifice. That was the law back then. The, the minister had to show up and present the offering and they would move forward. But he couldn't wait because he was fearful that God wouldn't be on their side. So he offered the sacrifice. You know what it cost him? And I, I'm telling you, the Bible is full of so many rich details. The Bible says that after he offered the sacrifice, he finished. Like within seconds, within minutes, the, the minister, the prophet shows up and says, What are you doing? God was going to establish your kingdom forever, but because you disobeyed. But because you disobeyed. Samson's heart was lustful, kept on laying on Delilah's lap. And he still kept on going back and back again. What did it cost him? This young prophet was hungry. And they offered him some food, but although the Bible repeated time and time again that he wasn't supposed to eat the, drink the, find another way home, he still did it. And you know what's more interesting? And I, I, He was the one telling the people the instructions. <laughs> it's not like he was being told. He was telling the people, I know what I'm supposed to do, but here he is violating the same instructions he, re he received. Because obedience reveals the condition of your heart. He was hungry. He he didn't really have a conviction. What does your obedience reveal about your heart? If we were to have a trial and you set up here and somebody asked you about the actions that you have taken in your life up to right now, what would it reveal about your heart? And we often look at the word obedience just... And I see it. I wish you guys could stand up here. The moment I mentioned obedience in the beginning, you all were like, eh, eh. It's like when you smell something, eh, it, just, it was nasty. Because it sounds governing, kind of like dictatorship. You have to, you have to oblige. And oblige is a nicer word, but it's like, you have to do what I'm told. Eh. I don't live with my parents no more. I'm grown. <laughs> but the reality, I want to change that perspective for you. The word obedience means so much more. Success is a byproduct of obedience. Guess what? Obedience is also followed by blessing. Some of you guys are praying to have success in your job, to have success in your career, to have success in certain areas of your life, but you won't obey. Some of you guys are praying for a blessing. Lord, it's the holidays. I can use that new car. I don't want Pastor Missile's old pickup truck. I want the new one, the one with the little, you know, the way I can charge my phone without using a cable. I want that one, Jesus. I want you to bless me with a, with a soulmate because I don't want to be alone this holiday. Lord, I want you to bless me so much that I can bless somebody else. But are you obedient? 
See, we talked about the people that were disobedient and it revealed the condition of their heart. But let's talk about the people that were obedient. See, we, we, let's talk about Noah, right? Noah built an ark when there was no water close to him. Over 100 miles difference from where he was building the ark to the closest source of water. They had never seen rain in those times. If you read your Bible, it says that the water came up from under the ground. So you're telling me he has never seen rain and he, he hasn't even been to the beach. He hasn't been to Santa Cruz to have the cookies, right? But yet he's building a boat. But look at what his obedience got him. His obedience saved him, his family, and a whole zoo. It's true. And where's the blessing in that? He was just being obedient. Oh, where's his blessing? When the water settled, what did Noah pick? He had all the land to choose from to call his home. Father Abraham left everything he knew, even though he didn't know where he was going to go. He left it all and he became the father of a nation. Joshua was able to conquer the promised land. He was able to cross the Jordan. He was a, well, what? Let's see, he crossed the Red Sea. Now he crossed the Jordan. He was able to experience a double blessing. He was able to see double the miracles because he was obedient. But then we get to people like Moses. Moses falls on both sides of the line. We know the young Moses, and we find out the old Moses. Moses freed a nation from one of the most powerful uh, governments in its time. I want you to know that Egypt was like the Egypt was like the the, the new well, well the prior Romans, not the new Romans, right? Right? It, they were so powerful, and he freed over two million people. Because he was obedient to God. But then later on, he doesn't follow the instructions God gives him. So he hits a rock and he's not able, in, he's not able to enter into the place he was taking people to. Some of you guys are seeing blessings that you have not or will not be able to enjoy because you guys are being disobedient. Moses walked around the desert for 40 years. I don't know if about you. I would be tired and mad that I walked around for so long, didn't get to experience the milk, the honey, and the big old grapes. I like me some Walter's juice. <laughs> Obedience. Obedience demonstrates faithfulness. Because I was sharing this morning Whenever I have the privilege to share a word or teach, and when you have the privilege to do the same, let me tell you, it's going to test you. This week, even yesterday, particularly yesterday. Yesterday was rough, y'all. <laughs> yesterday was really hard for me in being obedient. <laughs> See, because it's easy when somebody tells you to come in, like, hey, dinner's ready, come on in. I'm coming in, don't wait for me. Ha-ha, <laughs> I'm gone. But what about when you have to obey when you don't agree with what they're asking you to do? Here's one. How about when you have to obey and you don't like the person giving you the instructions? You thought of somebody right now. I can see it in your face. And you're like, yeah, I know who it is. It's hard. It's hard because, see, obedience reveals faithfulness. What is faith? Faith is the, is the things hoped for, the things yet not seen. See, but when you obey, you are hoping you, 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 what you're wanting to see comes to happen. But when you, start, when you start obeying, it hasn't happened yet. Because when you obey, it requires trust. Some of you guys are not obedient 
with God or even in life because you have trust problems. You're wondering why you're not seeing things happen. You're wondering why your faith is lacking. Do you really trust in what you're doing? Obedience demonstrates faithfulness. And this is the part of the message that is going to sit really heavy. And it's going to be really hard to process. When we get to heaven and we stand before God, there's one or two statements that are going to be said. One will be, depart from me, I never knew you. That means you're not going into heaven. Lord, but I sacrificed. Lord, I was there on Sunday. Lord, I did, my, I did what I needed to do to be there. I lost. I got an extra hour of sleep, so I came ready to worship God today. On that day, many will call my name. That's what the Bible says. Here's the second statement the Bible says that you'll hear. Welcome home, my good and faithful servant. Welcome home, my good and faithful servant. There's a reason why Samuel told Saul to obey is better than sacrifice. When God was creating you in your mother's womb and he created a purpose and he built you with those particular knickknacks that people don't understand, there's a reason why. Because when you obey, everything falls into alignment with his will and his purpose. And when those things align, what God designed you for starts to become more and more evident. And you start having success in areas you didn't think you were going to have success. And if I could have the worship team helping me, I would really appreciate it. You start seeing blessings in places you didn't know you were going to expect a blessing. Because obedience pulls everything out of you. The verse that we read in verse 20, it said that they set at the table and he ate. The young prophet was full. The young prophet got what he needed. Some of us disobeyed just to get what we need. Can I tell you that if God is asking you to obey instructions, he's going to make a way? This is what I like about the second service. We get the little extra, right? You get an HBO subscription. I'm serious. You hear it, believe it, and obey it. And when that happens, you no longer have to be full because you're empty. You are fulfilled with his power. He said, when Jesus was tempted out in the desert, he tells the devil, man shall not, be, shall not live by bread alone, but by the words. By the words. Therefore, he will spring in you rivers of life. It's interesting that the Bible says that, but this young prophet was told not to eat bread and not to drink water. But then we see this promise as unfold in the Bible. 
the young prophet died for because he disobeyed the crystal clear instructions. So I'm going to ask you this now. When God calls you to heaven and you stand before him, are you going to be full or are you going to be fully empty? Are you going to be full or fully empty? Stand with me. I'm going to share with you one more statement. Go ahead and stand with me today, church. I am grateful and blessed at the fact that there's two things that are still empty till this day. One is the cross and the second one is the grave. And because those two are empty, you and I have an opportunity. Have an opportunity to say yes to God. Have an opportunity to be fully empty today. Our disobedience gave us death. But his obedience gave us eternal life. And with every head bowed and every eye closed. Maybe you're like, Misao, I don't know who you're talking about today. I would love to introduce you to him. His name is Jesus. And let me tell you, it's going to be one of the best decisions you've made to follow him. And if you're here today, let me tell you the first point. Don't delay in taking the first step. Or maybe you have accepted Christ. What are you saying yes to in your life that's not honoring God? The wages of sin are death. And anytime we disobey God, that's what we're receiving. But every time we say yes to him and we obey him, you get eternal life. If that's you, I'm going to ask you to slip up your hand there. We're going to pray for you. If not, I would love to have the opportunity to pray with you. I'm going to be up here in the altar as the worship team sings this song. And we're going to be here to pray with you through this worship song. Worship team. Thank you again for spending time with us today, and a special thanks to those who give generously to Southridge Church. It is because of you that this ministry is possible. And if you want to learn more about Southridge, you can follow us on social media at Southridge Now. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe or share it with a friend, or even take a screenshot and share it on your social story. Make sure you tag Southridge Church and let it be a blessing to somebody else. Thank you again, and we'll catch you on the next one.